This is the Gary V Audio Experience. What's your message to people who want to promote positivity but are facing hate because of it? Look, this is something I've produced content for almost a decade on and just had a nice conversation with Sal about this. Like, the reality is, is the thought of getting grown-ups out of junior high dynamics is a huge passion of mine, right? Like, we're now in an era where because of the advancements of technology, a lot of us put ourselves out there in a way that the generations before us didn't. You know, there was gossip in the neighborhood, but now we're playing at a world stage if one chooses to contribute to the world stage and produce content on social platforms and consume it. The reason it's so easy for me to do that in a world where so many people do it and stop, don't do it at all, is because every time I'm dealt with negative energy, comments, uh, judgment, my, my brain goes to a place of empathy and compassion for the person that's doing that to me, not to a place of me being in a place that I'm feeling bad for myself. If, I, if I'm gonna feel bad for myself, it's gonna be because I'm disappointed in my own behavior and I'm the judge and the jury of that. Somebody leaving judgment on me from a place of their own insecurity or lack of full knowledge is hard for me to get going because it's not practical. I'm aware that most humans on earth live it in reverse. So the message is, once you stop feeling bad for yourself and start thinking logically, a human being took time out of their day to come to your channel and leave a comment to tear you down to give them a micro moment of feeling better from their own pain is not something that should put you down. It should actually make you happy that you're not doing that behavior. That's my message. Your content has helped me become a better parent. You mentioned that you're gonna write a book called Perfectly Parented. Is it coming out soon? Publicly flirting around with a book called Perfectly Parented. And the concept is, from a kid's perspective, me being the kid, of what my parents did well. I think for a lot of people here who are through the process of actually having children, you know, you start getting to a place where you realize, because you were a child, and you've got your judgment on your parents, that when you have children, you're like, wait a minute, all that stuff I thought about my parents, no matter how hard you try, there's gonna be things that your kids are judging you for. And, and I think we spend so much of time and energy on that. And so I have plenty of things that I feel and I have my own shortcomings, but net, net, I am infatuated, obsessed, and grateful for what my parents did for me. And, but, it's, but it's very based on finding the middle because I think parenting goes too extreme to the left or to the right, politically, energy-wise, and so, I think I'm trying to write it. I do write it at times. I think I'm going through my own journey. And so I think it's an important book. It potentially has the potential to be the book that I write that has the most impact considering the subject matter. So I've, I've been scared to rush it. I, I, there was a part of me that thought it was gonna be next. Now, some of you that are really paying attention because I've dropped it a couple places. I'm currently writing Jab, 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 Left Hook. I wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook that was really successful and needed at the time. I think the content world is changing so rapidly and there's so much opportunity for everybody that I'm taking on that challenge this year, but it's always on my mind. I don't know if you'll be a grandpa or an older dad, but you know, I think it's hard to rush something when you know how important it is, so I'm working on it actively. Thank you for asking.
At what point in your life did you realize that you had to put out so much positivity into the world? It was my every day for my whole life, right? I was always the person, long before there was an internet, in junior high and high school, who was lucky enough back to being parented the way that I was, that I knew that I was the emotional strength for my circle. That, you know, when, when friends were upset that girls were dissing them or they didn't make the team or they got bad grades or, you know, I grew up in very blue collar, lower blue collar than blue collar New Jersey. So a lot of my friends had parents that were abusing alcohol and drugs, a lot of like damaged homes. There was just a lot of stuff going around me, yet my home was so epic and so good and so it was almost like this, first of all it was in my DNA but it was also like some level of guilt. You know there's a part of me that was like I have it so good when I go home, so many people around me don't that it just kind of like, I kept kind of like leaning into it, it became my norm and then and then what started happening was, so I never really, this what is happening is not on my radar my entire life, not even, at. When I talk to the youngsters and I say, you've got time and be patient, at 30 years old, at 30 years old, there was never a day in my life that I thought people would know who I was. I was running a wine business. I wanted, I'm a businessman. I like businessmen who I think are operators. I was just being a businessman. I thought people in the business world would know. Like if you owned a liquor store, you're like, oh, that guy in New Jersey's doing it. Like, so it happened, then the wine show started on YouTube. Then I'm like, wait, I have a gift of gab. People like what I'm doing. And then, and then it just kept happening. So somewhere around 37, 35, 36, I'm like, huh, I wanna talk about business. And I didn't even realize how much of what I thought about business was actually grounded in emotional intelligence, right? So as I'm making business videos, I'm reading the comments and people are like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, well, you don't, you don't worry about this or you go fast because if you make a mistake, it's okay. And then I started real, you know, reading the emails, reading the direct message, I'm like, wait, people are scared to fail. People are scared of this, scared of this, scared, and then I'm like, oh my God, almost everyone is based on fear. And so like you start, then I'm just like, I have to make content about this, and this, and this, and so it, it just kind of happened. And honestly, I feel like I haven't even begun. Like when I think about the subject matters, like the whole school thing, when I started first talking about the vulnerabilities of us binarily believing that everyone should go to college and that was happiness, that wasn't because I was a bad student and I wanted to talk about getting back at school. It was something I'd never thought of. It was because I was getting a thousand emails and DMs a week from people struggling on this subject matter or immigrant kids trying to live up to their parents' engineering and doctor goals for them when they hated it or a million other things. So for me, it's just listening and then creating, you know, as you go through your journey, brother, you've got all your thoughts of what you want to talk about now, love and peace, very quickly you're gonna get those things out. It's gonna be the comments from the community that are gonna lead to your next thoughts. So much of what I talk about is based on what people are saying to me. It starts with listening. So, I feel good about it. I feel like I have a lot of love and happiness to give and I think it's the biggest contribution humans can make to each other. I think the world right now, is in a place where people that are unhappy have figured out to communicate, they can drag down others, and that's why there's so much anxiety in the world. I think the people that are happy have not figured out their personal responsibility to put out content of happiness, and I think that will be the next step. I just think I'm early, like I am in a lot of things, and so I think that's what I'm doing. That being said, sports, Gary, is very different. 
<laughs> I just want to make this forewarning. God forbid this doesn't go well in a little bit, you're gonna see a very different version. This is similar to Jets Gary, Nick's Gary was We've very weird. Seen a preview. I'm like the other version of that. <laughs> right, Ryan cost us a point in the last match <laughs> for yelling in the middle of the point. So I know we're talking about a lot of love and peace and all that. For the people here that don't know me as well, you're about to see a very different version. It doesn't eliminate all the validity of peace and love, but when the sports lights get on, something like the, you know how like Superman has that like bizarro super, when it's competition, something very, it's why, by the way, with, yeah, it's, it's very weird. Like, Be Friends is a lot of fun for me because there's still at least a hundred Easter eggs of why I named certain characters certain things and what have you. Competitive clown is really fun for me because clowns are interesting. Right? Like, on paper they were supposed to be awesome and make people smile. But I think we all know that like a lot of people are scared of clowns. <laughs> right? And so, yeah, that dude is scary over there. You know, like, no, but, you know and so I, I get a little scary when competition happens, which is why I was named that. So you may see that in a little bit, and I apologize up front. <laughs> but we expect you all to do the same. Yes, you need to be very loud. What's happening first? the Phoenix Suns winning their first championship or the New York Knicks winning their third. Also, how would you turn an outdoor apparel brand into a media company? The media company one's easier than the first question. And ironically, the timing's amazing. So, how many people here are Suns fans? Raise your hands. So I have, I have, tremend I have tremendous news. I had an incredible two hour lunch yesterday with your new owner, Matt, in Naples, Florida. We were speaking at the same event. I've, I've met with him before. Um, I, I, I am so confident in what he's gonna do for this franchise. It is guaranteed that the Suns are a functional, positive, competitive, strong franchise. The same way that Dr. Jerry Buss bought the Lakers and everything changed forever, there is no doubt in my mind that for the next 40 years at least, this organization is going to be in a very good place. So that's good. So with that being said, I would say Suns more likely than Knicks, in my opinion, especially with the talent they have. That hurts Ryan and I and our man right there. Um, as far as being a media company requires being a media company. A lot of people are like, hey, I want to turn my apparel or my paddle brand or my coffee brand into a media company. Like, cool. Have a vlog, have a podcast, produce 30 pieces of social media content a day, do influencer marketing at scale, do it every day for a decade, and then look up. Tyler, is Tyler here? He's out being a media company. He's out being a media company. He's doing one thirty. Tyler Schmidt was flying with us. We just all flew out this morning, a bunch of us. Flyfish, Flyfish Roddy is somewhere. There, look at him. Look at Roddy, say hello. What's up? <laughs> What's up, Robbie? Andy and Tyler, it was just amazing four or five hours. We're all you know, having great deep conversations and Tyler was talking about a kid who's worked at Vayner for seven months and he's like, I want to be like you, Tyler. I want to be exactly what you're doing. And Tyler's like, cool. It took me nine years to get to this moment. For six of those years I worked directly with Gary and that was 19 hours a day, 365 days a year. And so I'll see you here in nine years. And the kid's like, what? <laughs> and so we're, you know, and so that's how I think about this question. Knowing you a little bit, that's why I pointed to you earlier when I said I like real business men and women, people that actually operate. I think that people underestimate how much output. You know, people wanna use the excuse of quality to not put out quantity. Right? People love to throw, Gary, you don't get it, I like to do quality. I'm like, me too. And quantity, now what? 
And so the cost of entry to actually build a meaningful media company in 2023, based on all the distribution, is to do it all. And so, sometimes you, but look, I did Wine Library TV by myself for seven years. Seven years, right? Everyone's like, well now you have Team Gary. I'm like, yeah. For seven years I had myself, that I built up enough money to reinvest back. I didn't want to take the money and buy a fucking Lambo. I took the money and hired more people because I wanted to build something meaningful. And now I have that. And I think for all of us here trying to build whatever we're building, content is, and by the way, I know a lot of you have followed me for long enough, and I know a lot of you haven't. Here's the most important part of why I'm so excited to tell you this right now. 2023, because of the way the algorithms work, is better than every year we've had since 2013. 2013 is when organic reach on Facebook fan pages started to go down and ads started to go up. The TikTok movement of the last three, four years and what the other platforms are doing gave everybody now the chance to get 40,000 views on something even though they have 800 followers or whatever the number is. This is the greatest era to attack making content because you can get the organic reach. For people here that have been flirting with TikTok for three or four years, you already know it's way down. Every video I made got 400,000 views on TikTok two years ago. Now I get 8,000, right? So like, it's supply and demand. So Facebook Reels is out of control. For some of you that I've talked to, you should be absolutely making Facebook Reels huge because there's a lot of demand there, but people are not producing as much. On TikTok, you got every kid under 18 in the world posting nine of them a day times 100 million people. That adds up fast. So um, it's just output. It's, it's output. And then it's the quality, yeah. right? Like, how do you get better at basketball? You practice every day. But if you're bad at it naturally, you're only going to be so good. But if you don't do the practice, you have no shot. Right. Yeah. right? Like, if I've been playing pickleball since I was six, I'd be a lot better than I am right now. It's the reps. But my natural talent has a cap. That's everything, by the way. That's the answer to everything. Your natural talent, your work, and then do you, and then what are you trying to get out of it? There's a lot of things, you know, I wake up at 5 a.m. to play basketball. I'm not going to the NBA, not even close. I'm not even going to CBA or the G League. I, I probably can't beat most people here in basketball, but I love it, and so what I'm trying to get out of it is entertainment, escapism, joy. Um, there's a lot of people here who could build really meaningful happiness in their life if their ambitions for the business that they're creating was reasonable and not some ludicrous delusional dream of building a hundred million dollar company. The amount of people on earth right now that could make more than their salary in a job that they don't like by having a business that is just practical around something they do like is high. But most people are just caught up in the hoopla. Like, I mean, it's crazy watching what's going on in society. Like people think like, if you do a million dollars, like that's a small business. Most people never ever get there. So we just need to get the conversation more practical. Huge pleasure to see you again. My name's Jake Livingood. I've been a full-time entrepreneur since 2016. Uh, I was a blackhead entrepreneur right when I graduated high school. I saw a video of you talking to a guy named Moose. Changed my life that day. I started Amazon FBA, never turned back. Uh, I started doing the dollar and 80 cent strategy as well, scaled up my Instagram brand through that. Uh, I found a connection into a Silicon Valley startup. I scaled that startup from 1,000 followers to 1.3 million followers and then got Steve Jobs out because of a technicality in the, uh, in the, the contract. Um, right now, I've personally amassed myself a little shy of a quarter million followers across all my brands. 
Um, however, right now I'm in the, the darkest low, the, the biggest bear market that I've ever had in my life yep. of, as an entrepreneur was was a graph. I had to move back into my parents' second place, yep. making 3% of gross profits of what I was making in 2018. Yes. How do I deal with that kind of adversity when spiritually, emotionally, mentally, I'm, I'm gassed up, I'm fired up, because now for the first time in the last six months, I'm working on things that I own 100% of instead of putting 100% of my energy into something I own 11% of. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of turnover as far as growth uh, at a higher rate, uh, but it's uh, the, the financial aspect is the last. Well, what, what, do you, what do you want from the financial aspect? Uh, being like this is right now, the last six months, since 2016, this is the first time I've had to actually go back. I was VC funded. Forget it, forget that part. I understand the optics. Yeah, yeah. But luckily it's not your parents' primary house, it's their second house, so they're not even there. Sure. I'm listening. Number two, it, you seem so happy, right? Like before, now, um, you know, the freedom of doing something, you know, when you got pushed, when you only had 10% of something and you felt like you were a bigger part of it, that hurts, right? People struggle with mentally with the merit of it. Like I'm driving this, but I only have this. I think your happiness that I felt there versus the time VCon or what I'm feeling now is actually the answer to your question. I don't think you need the finances part right now. Meaning I get that you'd like it, but my biggest question for you is like, what would you do with it? Like when I hear 3%, like let's just say you made a million dollars this year in take home cash, two million, actually a million after taxes. My question is what would you do with it, right? The, the overall vision is kind of to change my personal brand output to something that more aligns with like Mr. Beast type of content. I want to give back, and I was from 2017 to 2020, but then the finances messed me up. I get it. So how old are you? 25. Right, so like you know where I'm gonna go here. Like just grind for the next four years and then start doing Mr. Beast like things at 29 when you'll be a baby. At 29, I was in a liquor store. At 31, I was in a liquor store. At 33, I was in a liquor store, working at a liquor store. So, you know, for me, I actually think you're in great shape. You, this is what I love about people doing stuff earlier. Think about what you've already gone through at 25. You already understand, I don't wanna make that mistake, right? I don't wanna build somebody else's shit. I know I wanna make this. So you're sitting ridiculously pretty. What's, what's happening is you tasted something before where you had some more money, whatever you did with that day to day, whether you know entertainment or being able to get, I get that, I understand that, but it's not really what you need, right? And, and so if your answer is I just wanna make impact and do bigger stuff, well good, you've got your whole, you got 100, at 25 with modern medicine, you have 100 years to do that. So that can happen at any time. I would just say that you should enjoy these next three, four years of actually building something. Enjoy the process of it, not the trophies that come along with it. Thank you, guys. You got Love, you, Love you back. All right, thank you, everybody. We'll see you out there. Let's go. Let's cheer it up. Thank Let's you. Go.